You're listening to The Bunker New York, live on RBMA Radio. Hello, you're listening to The Bunker New York on RBMA Radio. I'm your host, Brian Kasnick, uh, coming here straight from a week in Mexico. And I have two uh, local New York native guests today, Jake Reef and A. Arias. And we're going to have them both play DJ sets and ask a few questions. We're going to get uh, straight into the mix with Jake Reef here. So stay tuned for that. We're going to be in the mix with Jake for, I don't know, 45, 50 minutes. You're listening to The Bunker New York on RBMA Radio. The moons of Saturn have a direct influence on Saturn's rings. A natural tendency of ring material is to spread both toward and away from the planet. But the moons, in a complex interplay of gravitational forces, shape the rings and define their structure. Mimas is the innermost of the larger Saturn moons, with an enormous crater, 80 miles wide and 6 miles deep. Mimas is thought to be frozen solid. Tethys, a moon scarred by a crater large enough to hold Mimas. And an ancient chasm more than 1,500 miles long. Dione, a moon with bright radiating patterns on one hemisphere and an underlying presence of craters. Rhea shows an icy face to the cameras. Bright streaks are probably fresh ice ejected from beneath its crust. Enceladus, an extremely bright moon that reflects more than 90% of the sunlight that falls on great plains of ice. A closer photograph reveals that it may be a recently active moon with internal heat that melted the surface. Myopitus, the outermost of the larger moons. The dark side contrasts sharply with the lighter trailing hemisphere, an oddity for which there is no present explanation. And Hyperion, an apparent fragment from the shattering of a larger moon, tumbling erratically in its orbit. The most intriguing of Saturn's moons is Titan, larger than the planet Mercury. It is the only moon known to have an atmosphere. Nitrogen and methane gases shroud tight with dense clouds which our cameras cannot penetrate. The chemistry of this atmosphere is unlike that of any other. If we could descend to the surface of Titan, we might see ice mountains constantly eroded by a persistent rain of complex chemicals and a deep chemical ocean, a strange parody of the ocean door.
Hello, you're listening to The Bunker New York on RBMA Radio. We've been in the mix with Jake Reef, aka Device Control, since the beginning of the show. Thanks for joining us, man. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, that was a really fantastic set. Thanks, man. I'm thinking you played so many records, I don't know if we should, probably won't be reading them all back, but maybe I'll do like a screenshot here and post yeah. it on the old By Instagram, Twitter. I play, yeah, I tried to play as much new stuff as possible, so I mean, obviously... You know, support your local record shops and everywhere else. If uh, if you heard something you like, please try to go buy it. Yeah. So you, this was, you played all vinyl today. Is that uh, your normal MO? Do you do digital as well? I do digital. I'm really bad at organizing digital music for some reason. Um, I don't know. I sort of, you know, was on hiatus, musically speaking, for, you know, the, uh, you know, the major portion of the digital revolution. So I guess I came back, you know, a couple years ago and started playing out more again. And, uh, and vinyl had started making its way back into the culture a lot more. So there was a lot more, I don't know, I find a lot of really new uh, or new, really interesting stuff on vinyl and obviously digital too. But um, yeah, I, it's, you know, probably just an old habit. Because you've been you've been at this for a long time. How long have you been a DJ? Twenty three years now. Right. Yeah. And obviously collecting vinyl that whole time and probably yeah. And before, before yeah. I mean you know I was like when I was really young I was like a little skate punk and I was still buying records then. Obviously you know JFA and Black Flag you know. Right. So yeah. on and so forth. But uh, but yeah you know I uh, I caught the uh, techno and house bug in the early nineties. So did that, just reading over your, your biography, you, you're a native New Yorker. Yeah. Well, you, when you spent some time in the Midwest, in Chicago and Detroit. Yeah, when my, my parents split up when I was young, and my dad stayed here, and my mom moved to Iowa, of all places. And um, I think I spoke about that a little bit last time I was here. But anyway, regardless, it was my proximity to Chicago, really, that, uh, you know, got me into the DJ thing and uh, what was going on there in the early and mid 1990s was undoubtedly special and really unique and you know I'm not sure we'll ever see anything like that again but uh, you know I'm grateful to have participated in it for sure. Right and you've you've done a lot of work in the vinyl record industry as well right? Yeah yeah. You worked at record stores you worked at distros. mm -hmm. Yep I was you know kind of career music guy until like 2002 and uh it was around that time that vinyl in general and the industry kind of started tanking and nobody really knew where things were going and I was, you know, I guess, uh, you know, I went to school in the interim period too while I was doing all of that and, uh, and I just kind of, you know, saw a glass ceiling with what was happening at the time and I really didn't know where things were going musically. It was, you know, it was pretty... It was pretty desolate here after the 90s for a couple of years, you know, before you guys started up and everything. Yeah. Sort of, uh, you know, definitely breathed life back into what was happening here. But, yeah. um, I mean, even when we started, there were a few parties happening, yeah. but for years, I'd stay until close to the end of the O's. It was really. Yeah. The bunker was happening in New York, but it was a party for. A couple hundred people. At yeah, best. yeah. They're being really, really, really psyched when we had two hundred people show up yeah. at the bunkers. Like, by all means, crazy. Yeah, and that was like two thousand seven. Yeah, eight. yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it was really, it was definitely, you know, after the nineties and after they kind of steamrolled the uh, the rave scene here and not just here but everywhere. And then they, uh, you know, they set their sights on the clubs as well, and all the big clubs started getting shut down. We were sort of relegated to all these little bars and little places, and it took the scene sort of, you know, having a rebirth again in order to 
you know, kind of get it to the size that it is now even, you know, but uh, I'm, I'm really happy with where things are at in the city at the moment. I think um, there are a lot of people who are really enthusiastic and doing really great music, actually, and it's a really good time to be here. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a big difference from when I started the bunker until now. When I started the bunker, I knew a few people in the city mm-hmm. making music that was relevant to the yep. party, and now it's like... I yeah, feel exponential. Like everybody who had come to the party, and then they started parties, and the people from those parties, and it's just it's, uh, it's, it yeah. like is the music culture in New York now. It feels to me, anyways. Yeah, you know, various forms of electronic music for I, dancing. I feel like there are you know there are a lot of options too. There are you know there are places to go for whatever you're into musically, and there's a lot of crossover too, which there hasn't been in many years. And um, you know, I'm. Again, really happy to participate. So, so you've been at this for a long time. Have you? It seems like you've obviously seen a, a lot more interest in the last couple years uh, with this big resurgence in your own work. Yeah, I, mean, I think you know what it was more than anything is just me being active again because when I was you know not working in music, I was not working on music. So I just really kind of let it all fall by the wayside, and I was really consumed with the job and the career that I had. So now. Now that I've been, uh, you know, freed from that, so to speak, you know, um, I I guess uh, I'm just throwing my hat back into the music ring and I realize just how much I need to do it as a human being to stay sane as well. So, you know, it's, uh, I I feel like I still have something to say as well in terms of my production and and as a DJ. Right. Yeah, for sure. So what, what instigated you throwing your hat back into the ring? You said for years you were working on another career. Mm hmm not doing that that career you're saying kind of the company yeah, folded the, the, well the branch over here folded the uh the company i was working for is still alive and doing very well in denmark i lived overseas for a few years as okay. well so um but yeah you know so that was um you know when that happened i sort of just thought about where i was and where i was going and it's It's not that I was necessarily unhappy, but I was definitely not as happy as I could have been doing, not doing music, you know? So I really, I needed to, I felt like I was at a point where I sort of needed to integrate that back into my life in a big way. I was missing it and didn't realize how much I was missing it until I kind of sank my teeth in again. So... Right. So you just kind of used that unemployment period (laughs) to... Yep. I mean, I can can very much sympathize with that because the bunker... The bunker started as my, well, really just a place for me to play records with my friends on Friday nights. And I had a job at my, working for my friend's record label. And that job ended a year into the bunker. And I didn't know what What I was going to do do. with myself. I really loved the bunker and doing that. So I thought, well, collect unemployment for a while, do the bunker, see what happens. And if it's not working out, I'll, you know, look for a job in six months. And that's, that's sort of what I've been doing. And, you know, it uh, it picked up to the point, and I've been doing other work on the side too, but, you know, both have picked up to the point to where, you know, ends are meeting, and I'm definitely, I'm in a much different place mentally than I was a year and a half ago. And, uh, and I'm, you know, I'm really enjoying it. You know, like I said, it's a really good time to be active and participating in the scene here and other places. So, 
you know, I kind of wouldn't trade it for anything right now. I'm just going to find a way to make it all work and continue to work. So. Right. And right now in the background, we're hearing this is one of the tracks off of the yep. device control. This, is, this track is called Damaged. And yeah, this is um, one of the tracks off the uh, recent Lies release. And what we were listening to before this is forthcoming very shortly in the next uh, probably eight weeks or so. Um, that is... Those are actually some archive tracks of uh, Reed and Mine that we did in the 90s that um, oh, wow. that are getting put out, and uh, we have and we have a couple labels that picked up some of those tracks. But um, um, Capriccio, Alex, uh, he's starting a label. Uh, yeah, he's been I, talking about that for a while. Yeah, he, ha he has been talking about it for a while. I didn't mean that about yeah, it. No, no, like, no, but it's, like, it's sort of a running joke with us as well, in all fairness. But, uh, but yeah, so he's starting a label, and uh, and we finally got Masters back for those, and uh, he did a lot of treatment to a couple of the tracks because, you know, we pulled him straight off a of dat that we recorded almost 20 years ago. So... Definitely needed a little TLC, but anyway, the, the first track we were listening to, it's called Kamikaze, and it's by Upsetting Keys, which is Retruth and myself. Okay. And, um, and that will be out, like I said, soon on Alex's label. So which, you'll be the first release on his label? Yep. What's yep. the label called? I That is something that's escaping me, because he just, he had a name and he just changed it, so I can't oh, remember okay. what the new name is, but... Uh, it's not Capriccio. No, it won't be Capriccio, but it won't, it'll be easy to find through the Capriccio pages and everything like that, I'm sure. I'm sure he'll He'll, uh, you know, make enough noise about it. So cool, yeah. But well, yeah, that, that sounded great as well. Thank you. I mean, it's much. really the the lies record that really turned my head. Okay, what wow. You're doing. Thank you, like man. that one really, like all four of those cuts. I've been playing at all my gigs. Thank really, you so much. Really I really appreciate stuff. it, man. I really appreciate the support. Yeah. Um, any other before we turn things over to Mr. Arius here? Any other upcoming records or gigs you want to shout out? Um. Yeah. This weekend, I'm uh, I'm doing the Panther Room with DJ Bone. I'll be on duty for the first four hours or so oh, in the wow. night. Nice long so, set. Yeah. So that'll be on from ten to two, I believe, and that is this Saturday. And that's a very, if that, I remember correctly, it's a very full It's a stack lineup, lineup of, of Lucy and um, Nahal's playing. Nahal's playing as well, which I'm real. I was really happy to see him on that bill. Uh, and Lori and Tennis is playing as well. Yep. And so, really, really strong uh, yeah. contingent of local techno people to yeah. support that event, and obviously some serious headliners as well. Yeah, Mike Dennert, Dustin Zahn, and yep. Patricia Live. So it, yeah, this is a new party output grayscale well newish yeah new it seems like they're really it's Sean's party you know and I think he's not only enjoying curating it but they've been really consistently interesting and good quality events there for sure yeah totally so there's that and uh, I well I have a lot of music coming out uh, some can be talked about yet some can't be talked about yeah, quite yet but um, but um yeah i'm excited to be working with uh, kim ann on a couple of projects this year as well oh, cool. and so i have some music coming out with her on a compilation she also just picked up an ep from me on her label firehouse oh wow so Fantastic. Um, yeah and you know other things that's probably the only thing that is safe enough to talk about right now but there is a lot in the works and uh, obviously i'm just looking you know to uh, getting more out there as well good well it sounds like it's going to be a big year for you i hope so um, knock good, on wood yeah good luck with all that thanks very I'm much i'm sure man. i'm confident it's going to go well cool know, thank I you i appreciate that yeah, i appreciate the vote of confidence yeah and um i guess we're gonna get we have about an hour left in the show here and we have another selector here a arius Amari. Thank you for having me, Brian. Yeah, man. So we're going to, for I guess the next 45 minutes or so, we're going to go into the mix with uh, A. Arius 
Thanks again, Jake. Thank you so much for having and, me. Uh, I really, really appreciate it. And good yeah. to see all the guys here at the uh, Red Bull Studio again. Yeah, you're becoming a regular. I guess so, yeah. <laughs> all right. faces. So we're going to let Omri take it away here. You're listening to The Bunker New York on RBMA Radio. Red Bull Music Academy Radio. Keep it locked.
you're listening to The Bunker New York on RBMA Radio. We're in the mix with a Arius. Welcome. Thank you for having me, Brian. It's yeah. an honor, really. I grew up going to your parties, by the way, so... You this what? Is, this is crazy for me. <laughs> I grew up going to your parties, so it's, it's yeah, crazy was... for me to be here, playing some tracks for you, Red Bull. It's so I'm blown away. Is Well, before you got into the music, you were when I met you, you were riding bikes? Yes, I was cycling for the Dominican National Cycling Team, which is where I'm from. And then I was riding for one of the best um, development teams here in the U.S. So, you know, I decided to take a year break and I just never started again. <laughs> what? I went, I went to Cielo and I heard the system and <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't, the two lifestyles can't coexist. No, they can't coexist, no. <laughs> one or the other <laughs> is that because of the physical training you have to go through for biking or the hours probably the, the physical hours. training the sleep schedule the nutrition the keeping your body clean you, you, it's you can't do both you know yeah so, so yeah. were were the bunker parties the first ones that you came out to or what like what drew you into this music in the first place well when i was cycling i would always go on uh long training rides by myself so i would always just look for music. Um, I lived 10 blocks away from an HMV and Virgin Mega Store and 42nd Street, so I would always get my CDs. So it's, I've always been looking for new music. Like right. since like I was 14, 15, I've always looked for new music, you know. And somehow this, uh, this led you to the actual nightclubs. Yeah. Yeah, what led me into my first warehouse party was... Um, Keeping the mix going while we're talking. See, going. I told you, it's tricky business. Well, I mean, you know, we're taking care of it. <laughs> so, you know, what led me to my first warehouse party was I saw on Resident Advisor Minimu. I saw Troy Pierce. To, it was January 14th, 2008. Okay. And I saw Troy Pierce on Resident Advisor. I'm like, what's going on here? And I RSVP'd and I walked into a, a museum in Long Island City. And Troy Pierce was playing with Mike Bryant. And I always went to clubs like Pacha and Cielo. You know, you're 17. You know, you, you don't go to the bunker at 17. You're not well, that cool at 17. You know, like, you're it not doesn't allowed, happen. You're not allowed in either. <laughs> I mean, I had my fake idea. I was yeah. going to your parties at 19, so. <laughs> you and, we shout out Nahal again. You and Nahal, the, the under 21. <laughs> no, I swear that's me, man. <laughs> Come on, your voice hasn't even changed yet. <laughs> you have your peach fuzz mustache trying to, you know. <laughs> So, yeah, it's just, um, so that was my first warehouse party. And I thought it was insane. I'm like, how are these people having a party here? They brought a straight up sound system. Uh, what, what they bring, uh, what they have. Uh, uh, she, what was the, I, it was that guy, Alan. I'm not sure what his system was, but she, she brought in. It was very, pretty incredible. She, she yeah. started doing the mini moo started doing those kind of like parties, not in clubs in New York. Was it Metro sound? I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Alan, with like a very serious sound system yeah. and these RSVP, like mm -hmm, a lot of mm -hmm. things that just hadn't, like the whole RSVP for the location and then show yeah. up and you have to be on the list. Like that wasn't really happening in New York that no. I was aware of very no. much before Mini Moo. So that really, like she had a big influence on the scene and yeah, changed, she did. changed a lot of things here she for did, sure. Yeah. I mean, things are still, that's the whole 
That's the whole thing. RSVP right now. for yeah. address has been. I mean, we're. Well, you said 2008. Yeah, we're, yeah, so we're she about started 10 it. years. And yeah. pretty. I mean, probably not the first person to ever think of that, but it was. She kind of brought it back. It's not the way things were happening in New York. Yeah. And then ever since then, that's just the way that things work in New York for sure. Yeah. So then it was a resident advisor, and I was always looking into that. And first time I saw Detman was at your party, Moved D, Marcel Fengler, Shed. Uh, Rat, when he had Raster Norton, uh, just Devious yeah. One, booked Mike Huckabee with Pole. I was like, Yeah, that was, that like, was that's amazing. Who books Mike Huckabee with Pole? Like, those two minds in one room, it's just mind blowing. Well, you know, they're like super, super tight, right? Yeah, which yeah. wasn't the reason for the booking. I don't think I even knew that at the time, but yeah, yeah they're really, really good friends and work yeah. together a lot. So, I was going to those parties, I was like 19 years old, and I was like, You know, it was. It's badass, you know. It's you looking back, it's like that. That's pretty cool, you know. You're responsible for that. That's why I'm like so grateful they had me for, uh, for this, you know. So then, at some point, you started doing your own parties. Yeah, uh, we just did it for like two years. It was me and um, Jam the Frias. Um, and Lenny, right? Or was no. no? It was just me and Jam. Okay. We we're just 20 years old, and our first booking was Marcellus Pittman with uh, Matteo. We had a nice loft in Union Square, and we put that together. Uh, we had a what's uh, what was the guy used for the sound at the bunker? Nick. Nick did the sound. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah that's so right. I remember that. And there was that spot. <sighs> Taffy. Park Slopeish. In Taffy, yeah. Sixty-eight yeah. Taffy. That's Donnie's spot. Donnie, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> so you guys were probably some of the first people doing techno parties there. Yeah. That ultimately, became a very popular spot. Yeah, 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 yeah. We we. We pretty much broke that spot in, and so were were your first gigs playing records at your own parties? Is that how? No, my first gig was January two thousand eight at Lubaland. Dude, Remus, crazy guy. He had a space. I remember. I remember Adam Lee played that same party, and it was just Adam Lee was a fixture at Lubaland, was... and many of my other friends. <laughs> It, like the cops came they shut everything down this dude brought in a gas generator and we went till like the afternoon it was it was pretty crazy so uh now you're these days i mean we're fast forwarding a lot but these days you're you're djing a whole lot yeah i mean i didn't mean to do this like uh my friend andre uh forced me to do this he asked me to do this because he heard the tracks i had or, like i was always just like i said looking for music and he's like dude you have some nice music you should probably get into DJing and I was like nah dude I just you know I just want to listen to music and he kind of got me into it he taught me how to play records and all this stuff and yeah next thing you know like here I am today like I've haven't had a job in two years it's just been DJing here in New York which is yeah I mean it's mostly in New York but you're you're playing outside of New York some I know we we met up accident we were on the oh, yeah. same plane from Seattle a couple months ago you were coming from a gig yeah we got some Shake Shack we got some Shake Shack. JFK Terminal 4. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I noticed, I, I, I did know that you did some like eight hour plus sets in New York, but I noticed yes. looking on RA that you've you've done that in Montreal as well. Yeah. I mean, is that something you, obviously you enjoy to do it, you do it. Is this something you're aiming to do? Doing these I mean, much, do you feel like you can achieve much more in this more extended format? I mean, this is the thing, like I, I just don't only have one sound, you know, there's some people who just, they just play house music or they just play techno or they just do experimental, ambient or whatever. Like I like to go all across the board between ambient, house, techno, old, new, euro, US, 
you know so eight hours i feel like gives you enough time to cover all these bases and you know go on a little journey yeah the journey yeah. sounds corny but you know what i mean it's no, you, you get it's, to cover a lot of bases and you know it's it's and i i I'm just built for it, you know. I I'm like I finished the set and I'm still like, all right, what what are we gonna do now, you know? So it's so uh, aside from the DJing, you also have you have one record label or no? You have multiple records. Uh, right? Just Strobe Light Network. That's the one that I do the A and R for. And then there's Thule Music, which is Thor's label, and I help him plan future releases and represses. And then he has it's like five labels really, but I only handle Strobe Light. That's okay, what so I have full A and R control of, and that's like that's not reissues. That's just no. your, okay. That's completely um, brand new material from the guys. Uh, a lot of it is from that's late '90s, early 2000s, and we have some new music also coming out. So yeah, it's it's really exciting working with them. They're super nice guys, and yeah, I feel really blessed to work with them. So yeah. what what got you connected to and really involved in the? Thule and all the Icelandic artists? Well, I was about I think, 19, 20 years old, and I was listening to two albums on a regular basis. It was um, Sea Biscuit by Space Time Continuum, which was an yeah. ambient album, it's and um, <laughs> My Home is Sonic by Exos. Those two albums, I was just constantly just, I just never got sick of them. And I found out Exos' name through Discogs. I hit him up on Facebook, and I was like, dude, what are you doing? Why are you not producing music? What's going on? And he saw that I was 20 years old and he was like, this kid is cool. He knows all this old school techno. We just became friends and he came into New York to meet me. And yeah, he's like, dude, well, you know, we have all these tracks we never released, right? And I'm like, oh, that's, that's too bad. I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> and then he's like, dude, we should start a label. And I was like, all right, let's do it. <laughs> and... Fast forward till now, you know, we have our third release coming up. We've been focusing on the represses on Thule and A recordings. But now for this year, we're going to focus on Strobe Light. We have like four records come out coming out this year. And yeah, it's, it's really exciting, you know, really exciting. Cool. Stuff. So where, if people want more information on you and Strobe Light, where's the best place for them to go? Uh, Juno's our distributor. So you can check out juno.co.uk, you can check out our Facebook page, Strobe Light Network, Thule Music, or myself, A. Arias, no space, just one word. I, I, I don't know why, but whatever. Don't <laughs> it works why. for now. <laughs> At least it's not A. Dot Arias. <laughs> I know people who do that, pronounce the dot. No, no dot. Okay, but, well, we've only got a couple minutes here, so I guess, uh, what's this, will the, the track you're playing now will... Uh, end out the show what, what are we why don't we tell everybody what we're listening to right now are we uh this is the persuader uh i don't know how to pronounce it the jurg gars Braun? it's swedish i don't know you nailed it dude i'm trying <laughs> <laughs> okay well uh thanks so much for joining us um and jake as well it's a really great show some really uh really great yeah underground look first time i saw jake was when he opened up for uh, regis killer set man <laughs> He was rocking the, the rotary, that means like no, uh, no EQing, and I don't know how he was mixing up there, but it was badass. You played a Planetary Assault Systems record that, I'm like, dude, he played that. 
<laughs> I'm like, I'm a fan now. He played that record. No one plays that record. <laughs> thanks, man. Yeah. Well, thanks to you both. We've got to wrap it up. Uh, you're listening to The Bunker New York on RBMA Radio. Thanks again for having me, Brian. 